Do you have a show or a YouTube channel, podcast, or relevant product that you want to promote at the top of the Elseworlds Exchange? Well, now's your chance, man. For 50 bucks, you'll get a month's worth of plugs at the audio version right here of the Elseworlds Exchange. Right at the top of the show, first thing they'll hear, now it'll probably still be my voice, but you'll write up a short one-minute plug, we'll record it, and toss it at the front of the show. Or, alternatively, for 20 bucks, you can get a month's worth of plugs at the end of the show. Right after you hear us sign off, same deal, one-minute scripted plug for your stuff. How do you take advantage of this incredible opportunity? Just go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top, and fill everything out, and we'll work it out through PayPal. By the way, we do reserve the right to reject or accept based on our own personal taste. I'm not going to plug your Nazi podcast, man, I'm sorry. You know what, I'm not sorry about that, but you're not going to do it anyway. So, go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top of the page, fill everything out, and we'll work it out. Worth it. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of law. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the brand new Elseworlds Exchange. It's all new and all different and basically everything you remember, but it's 2019. We're here. Hey, Happy New Year to everybody. Happy New Year, Joel. Ooh, ooh, same to you, man. Thank you very much. Uh, I just wanted to take a minute because uh, it is the new year, because it is a new show. It's a new time. Uh, I wanted to say thank you to everybody who's watching the show, who's made the show possible, who makes this channel possible. Mm-hmm. Without you, I don't get to live the dream. I'm very happy. I walked into my office today, and I was like, because I hadn't been in it in a couple days, because it's just been holidays, and it's just nonstop. And I was like, man, like this is my life, and it rocks. And then I looked at my rent check, and I got a rent increase, so... <laughs> Real, real life plus fantasy life equals this. So, uh, real life comes it. at your heart. I get it <laughs> exactly. But we get to do it thanks to you. Uh, so, we're gonna talk about death in comics. I got a real uh, uh, just a just a bug up my butt about uh, death in comics because of Heroes in Crisis. It just came uh, the newest issue came out this week, uh, today in fact. And also, Man Without Fear, which is also dealing with the death of Daredevil. It is indeed. I skipped it because it seems disposable. Like, I, I don't think it matters. I'm sure that Zdarsky won't be referencing it in any way. Mm. So it's just a stopgap until Zdarsky's run starts. And no, I'm not. I don't. I don't. Homie, don't play that. So, <laughs> but, but Joel loves him some Daredevil and is a completionist, so he'll be reading it. <laughs> this is why things you don't like keep getting published, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so, by the way, before we jump into the, 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 the main topic, I wanted to say that if you see any, like, color boxes in the chat as you're going uh those are super chats if you use them you get your question asked on the show and it gets to be interactive and it also helps me pay the pay the bill that it just got increased uh Boy, so yeah uh so anyway with that out of the way death in comics uh i was reading about about death in comics recently because heroes in crisis deal here I, it didn't even occur to me it didn't even like phase me really but i was looking back at the old uh like one of the first two issues of heroes in crisis mm. the death toll is very high. Is like in the dozens. Yeah, it's b- way more than the storyline called Extermination from Marvel. That one only had maybe three deaths. Exactly. And most, if not all of them, took place off camera or off panel. Mm. Yep. Uh, and the fallout of which are either not being felt because they didn't have their own books, books. they didn't have their own teams, or they're being felt in ancillary books in which those characters should be appearing, but probably can't use them now because they're technically dead. I. Green Arrow, Arsenal. perfect. Yeah, Green Arrow, perfect example. So, it's just kind of like okay, you you killed a ton of people mm-hmm. to make a point, which I don't think is even really crystallized yet. The series is no. over, so I will grant you that. But usual, but right now it seems that the the death we're really focusing on is. Wally's because yep. he was the linchpin of DC Rebirth, bringing him back mm-hmm. to the main book slash universe was kind of like the point of the event, really. It was a homecoming, it was a coronation. And it was kind of like a big thank you and a big like, you know, you're welcome to Flash fans being like, here's, yeah. here's your character back, uh, even though we can't reconcile the fact that we kind of rebooted him over here. Yeah, sorry about that. And we can't just like get rid of him or merge them, that would be weird. So here he is. I mean, we did it with Superman, but we can't do it again because then we'd be deleting one of the few prominent young African-American characters we have. And we don't want to do that. It gets dicey when you when you you race into it. Uh, So, yeah, uh, with that and with that with with that whole thing over with as a cloud over comic book readers, I was kind of like, man, a lot of people died. Not a lot of fanfare reverence or care went into it. You really could have just gotten the same effect if you killed one person, mm-hmm. i.e. Wally, 
and just trumped it up a little bit more. But instead, I feel like it, it's it's kind of like a commentary on where we are in comic books right now. That multiple deaths don't even phase us anymore. They killed like almost a dozen characters off off panel, and like as as much as it sucks, it doesn't really matter. It, 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 it both didn't matter, and I would say that's also a greater problem with Heroes in Crisis, that it didn't matter, but it also felt malicious at the same time. You're like, hey, these characters no one's thought of in years that don't have books. I'm sure they're someone's favorite. Dead, 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 dead. Yeah, well, and we're also telling their story through the lens of them, like, trying to improve and get better. Like, these are characters who are second stringers, they're forgotten, and or products of a specific time. And then you give them humanity by having them like try to like reflect and get better and, and, and grow. Mm-hmm. And then you kill them indiscriminately off screen. And it's kind of yep. like, what are you trying to say? Like, what's the point here? What is it about? Is it about the ingloriousness of death? Is it about like the, the tragedy of being forgotten? Is it about like how random and, you know, like, un, like it doesn't care. It doesn't take sides. But even I, still, I ask that in every Tom King story I ever read that wasn't uh, Vision or Mr. Miracle. Right, exactly. Uh, but on that front, you know, maybe that trope is tired and done, especially mm. in comics. And it's funny because comics are kind of like, comics went from, I remember reading, not because I was there, because I wasn't alive in the 70s, but like I remember reading about how like, Death was permanent at Marvel, which is like a huge <laughs> joke now. Like, death is permanent at Marvel. That's like... Try kidding? saying that without getting a laugh out of someone. Exactly. Now. <laughs> you will always get a laugh. Uh, but that was kind of like a policy they had. They were like, if you kill a character, you better be ready to not use them anymore. Dead means dead. Dead means dead. Uh, and while I understand that you can't have a character stay dead if they are profitable and you don't plan on having your characters age... The, the, the idea of dead, dead is dead is this really, like, I think brave and unused concept that I'm, I'm amazed uh, even existed back then, much less could even be broached today. This it's idea true. Of, hey, why don't we self-regulate <laughs> our, our ability to do these kinds of things? And we've seen it work in spurts there, you know, we saw it in the Ultimate Universe, we saw it with Invincible... Right. And those are great examples because they're doing something a little different anyway. The Ultimate Universe, it's its own thing. Anything can happen. That's the selling point of the whole damn thing. So if a character dies in that universe, you better believe they're going to stay dead. Because if they're not going to stay dead there, then it's open season everywhere. Mm -hmm. Unless they're Peter Parker and unless the universe is dying anyway. And he might have been a clone, but we don't know. And who cares anyway? No one likes that era of Ultimate Spider-Man anyway. Everyone was already done reading it after that. (laughs) Which is a shame. It was a shame. I mean, like, Miles' run was fine. But, like, when you started to shoehorn in, like, Peter Parker again, that was a weird arc. It was a really bad time. That's um, like, hey, the, the everyone get off the ship, uh, ship it's sinking anyway. Exactly. Through no fault of our own. No. Um, but, that, but, but that whole, like, Invincible, owned by Kirkman, it's his character. He can do whatever he wants. Same deal with Walking Dead. I mean, anybody who mm-hmm. dies or something happens to them, it's going to stay. It's going to stick. And that's because pretty much the buck stops with the one person who owns the property and writes the damn story. Yep. Uh, there is no editorial for Robert Kirkman to tell him no. Uh, for better or worse. Um, before we jump into the – before we switch gears and move on from there, from that, like, kind of, like, point, Will, I am golden in the Super Chats. says, Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year to you, Will. Hey. Derek M., I'm really getting bored of Heroes in Crisis. I don't blame you. I feel like it'll be a very quick read when it's in trade. Um, mm-hmm. Because how long can you look at eight panels of the same image of the superhero? <laughs> as long as it takes. And Mr. Roboto Salangel are Superman Red and Superman Blue uh, T-shirts. Or flannel shirts. Flannel shirts. That's fun. I like that. Um, thank you very much for the for the deep cut there. Uh, so yeah, death in comics, and my 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 main hypothesis is, it's I think it's time to stop. Mm, to stop to stop killing characters pointlessly, or to just stop killing characters altogether. I think it needs to be a little bit of both, because I think that like it's hard to say. You can't put a thing on the wall that says like only kill a character when it matters. <laughs> Or when it's poignant to the story, because... It's situational. You can argue that till the cows come home. I mean, like, when John Byrne killed Guardian in Alpha mm. Flight, was that 
for anything other than shock value. The cover right. of the book says someone in this character will probably die, or someone in this book will probably die. And you don't expect it to be Guardian, and suddenly it is. By the way, horrible death, stuck with me forever. I re- like it's he's trying to like fix himself. He's gotten hurt in, in, in battle, and he's trying to defuse this like this reaction in, within himself. And then like his wife walks to the door and distracts yeah. him, and he explodes and just dies. And you're like, yeah. oh, he comes back, of course, because death is meaningless. But like, because everyone comes back eventually. In fact, I think we can agree. Whenever a character dies anymore, it's never a matter of oh, that's sad. It's a okay, start the clock until they come back. I give it six months. Like, and and that's the thing. Like, when King killed half of the Teen Titans roster <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in Heroes in Crisis, no one was like, oh my god. I mean, people were surprised and upset because some people like really take this stuff seriously and I don't blame them because like these are our, these are their characters we have it's real to me characters. damn it and, and I don't blame you like and and I feel that way about certain characters and not so not so way about other characters but like but like a lot of people said this is so and so's fault and not like Harley's fault or Booster's fault they're saying like this is Didio's fault or like this is Tom mm-hmm. King's fault they're already like meta reading the book they're saying like yeah. this isn't about what happened in the pages and how that matters we're talking about like what's internally happening at DC Comics, and a lot of people are having that conversation. And it says Absolutely. to me that like if you did that, you're hurting the book because yes. people aren't reading it the way you want it to work. Like no one's reading it for like the oh these poor forgotten characters. Woe is them. Like let's talk about like how we we need to cherish the people we've forgotten. No, no one's having that conversation. What they're having the conversation nope. about is does the Dio hate Wally West? I mean, I think we know the answer is yes, but I think you hit the nail on the head even harder. If you're inviting this much meta-narrative and meta-reading into it, it's because people are bored reading the story, and so they're inventing their own story in their head. Well, that's just – that's another critique of the book is just being like, well, I mean, I don't care about what's happening within the pages. So let's talk about how what this book means to DC Comics. Yeah. Uh, are they trying to kill the Rebirth era? What are they trying to say? Right, exactly. And especially when you – Rebirth was for was it if it wasn't the most critical success in DC over the last five years, it certainly was the most uh, fan favorite thing that happened between the oh, two yeah. publishers, probably. Oh uh, yeah, no doubt. Because there's a lot of love. Yeah, there's a lot of love there. There's a lot of hope. There's a lot of like preservation or restoration, and people really responded to it. And when you do this like deconstruction very soon after it it's seen as kind of a slap in the face. And again, like it invites meta narrative. It it, it undoes the critical truth of your, of your work. And it, it makes me wonder if there had been a policy in place or if there had been like a, like an outward, Hey, here's what we're doing over DC comics. Death is death. When you do kill a character, it says I'm referencing the writing on the wall that I put there. I know you're. I know you're meta reading my book, so read it thinking about what I said just a minute ago. But I feel like DC right now is kind of in this weird place where they're like, "Well, let's just do whatever." Like it's literally just, "Let's just do whatever." Like whatever you want. Works. Feels a lot like the New Fifty Two era all over again, doesn't it? Well, I mean, how why wouldn't it? The same people who made the New Fifty Two are in the exact same positions they were in when New Fifty Two was created. Like. No one is, there's no change in the guard, there's no alternation. Everyone who made the thing that you don't like or did like is still making the thing you don't like or do like. Yeah. So don't be surprised if you see shades of those things. But uh, but my point is like, hey, let's throw this out there. What would happen? What would be your reaction to if Marvel or DC, we'll use DC because this is kind of like the impetus behind this example. Marvel right. is like a joke. Like. When Wolverine died, no one was like, what? Wolverine? I'm glad you mentioned the Wolverine thing, because here's the thing. When it came to Wolverine and Professor X's death, which are some of the more high-profile ones, my my thinking was not, oh, they'll be back in six months. My thinking was, oh, they'll be back when they get the rights to the movies again, and we'll know that they're getting closer to getting the rights for the movies when they start coming back. But even with Wolverine, they're like, we can't not have a Wolverine in the Marvel Universe. We'll just make it old man Logan, because no. they'll never make a movie about him. Exactly. No, Until absolutely. they kind of did. Yeah, the, the, no one was, like, sad that Wolverine died. They were all talking about the meta-narrative of the politics, the movies, 
the Fox rights, everything. And you're absolutely right that like the, the Marvel definitely played it safe by being like, we killed that Wolverine, but we've got like three other Wolverines. You got like two more, technically three or four, depending on how you count. Exactly. You we can. got Honey Badger. We got uh, Laura. We've got uh, Old Man. Dawkin, the Ultimate Wolverine. Dawkin, Ultimate Wolverine. I mean, like, yeah. It, Weapon H. Yeah, James. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Howlett, whatever the hell his name was. Did they say, by the way, have they retconned him? He hasn't shown up again, has he? <laughs> like, because, I mean, Miles doesn't remember the multi-universe anymore. Does does Howlett? No, I don't. Man, that's a team book they need to do. They need to gather up all the ultimate characters and put them on a team and see if they remember anything. <laughs> That'd be great. They can call them the ultimates. Boom, there you go. Hey, the the maker is running around, and he seems to remember. And he or has lowercase least... lettering in his dialogue balloon, so... So he, so he's clearly some of the. Ah, eh, Kate's will tell us. Kate's is using him in all this stuff. He clearly cares. Yeah, Kate's and uh, Ewing would do it. Yeah, which I'm Ewing fine actually with. reads other people's books. Yes, he does. Which is weird. Uh, jumping into the super chats again, really quick. Super Luigi X says, "Happy New Year, guys." Also, who has stayed dead longer? Mm. Uh, in terms of like who has stayed dead the longest, I think Goliath is kind of up there. Uh, certainly, yeah. I mean, like, in terms of superheroes, like Uncle Ben. Yeah, Never brought back technically. Uh, Clones, Bucky the Winter Soldier realities. had a long run. Winter Soldier, yeah. Um, but there's a lot of characters like the. But I think Goliath has been dead since 2006, so that's 13 that's years. Been a pretty good. Jason Todd had a pretty good run of being dead. Even yeah. Professor X this last time had a pretty good run of being dead True. from like uh, Avengers versus X Men onward. Exactly. And Wolverine had a couple years. That's true. Impressive. And then again, to you, you got to count where it's like, well, did they cheat here and there? Because I know they had a story where the X-Men went to heaven and they met Xavier. And then, like, he appeared in psychic form a few times before finally coming back all the way. When when do you count? Like, they even take little breaks from being dead before being dead again. No, I think I, I think like once you once they appear again, they ain't dead no more, even if they're, you know, talking about how they should be left dead. Uh Greg Demage, Flash death was awesome. Red Goblin felt like a real threat. Oh, he's talking about the Flash Thompson death. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's been dead for and dead for no reason too. He was doing good. I think the only reason they killed him was again because of movie reasons. Because they were running with Eddie in the movie, so they needed to make Eddie prominent again. And Eddie hadn't been prominent for it's so true. long. For me, it's funny. I was thinking about like how I definitely read that issue. We're talking about, of course, going down swinging, which is the story in which uh, Norman Osborn gets the carnage symbiote. But uh, I remember meta reading that book and being like, okay, I'm, I'm seeing a couple of reasons. And when you mentioned the whole, like uh, the flat or the new venom book and how it's going to be about Eddie and how the movie venom and how apparently Marvel and Sony have like a real deal because like when Sony makes a Marvel movie, we get, like, whole solo series dedicated to those characters. New Spider-Geddons and everything. And when Fox made an X-Men movie, they kill Wolverine. <laughs> so One of these things is not like the other. It's all about whose who's beak's getting wet in that situation. Yeah, really. But, uh, but for me, it was, not ne- it was not necessarily about the Venom movie, although I'm sure it was mostly about the Venom movie. For me, it was about Dan Slott being like, I loved Spider-Man. The Spider fans, by and large, gave me a really, really hard time, and I'm leaving my mark. This is your this is your rap on the knuckles. Yeah, like, I killed Flash Thompson. And it felt so wrong. It's like, Dan, you haven't been writing Flash for the longest time. I don't think you deserve to kill him, honestly. I, I really felt unearned. But, Very uh, much. But there you go. Um, <clears throat> but I made him Agent Anti-Venom before I killed him, too. I, I do lots of things. Oh, I do lots of things just out of nowhere and then leave them alone to their own devices. Although it's funny, as hard as it was for me to get on board with liking Eddie, I think Kate's because he's a good writer and he does read other people's work. He's made Flash's death and the fact that everyone liked Flash more in a meta sense actually be Eddie's defining motivation in this new book of being like, wow, I really suck. Wow, I got a lot of second chances, man. They really loved Flash more. I need to live up to his legacy now. Yeah, I like I like Flash Thompson being the Uncle Ben for Venom. He's literally Venom's Uncle Ben. In fact, they they imply this idea, too, that the symbiote keeps a little bit of genetic material behind. So if he's able to absorb some of it, he can turn himself into the Flash suit if he wants and assumedly with other people. Yeah. Weird. Which is a smart idea. And I hope we see more of that because that's so fucking cool for Ben. (laughs) Hey, hey, you like these costumes? Guess what? I can bring in all the old costumes. Yeah, that's fair. 
Silver Cricket says, Immortal Hulk is improved by meaningless deaths. Immortal Hulk is a commentary, I think, about death in comics. It really is. Which is brilliant. And Al Ewing is is the right... Who's writing Immortal Hulk? Is it Al Ewing? Yeah. Is the right guy to do it. Boy, is he ever. Particularly if you read the most recent issue. Yes, I I haven't yet, but I haven't. I'm super stoked. I am so sad that in 2018, Immortal Hulk was not on more best of the year list because I think it's one of the best things Marvel's putting out right now. Yeah. It's subtle and understated and it has such great uh, lore for the Hulk universe, but also, you know, moves things forward. And again, paid attention to other people's stuff. Absorbing Man had a really strong arc, which references what happened to him in uh, the Black Bolt book and everything else. Totally. Aaron Burke, one of the seven Red Devil fans checking in. It's sad. Oh, I'm sorry for you. Uh, yeah, that, that blows. Bernadette uh, Ewerts helping us out. Cam says, uh, which comic character is the most deaths? Like, who died the most? It's got to be Jean. She's died about a Jean. dozen times. <laughs> Absolutely, Jean. J- just the dozen that I can remember. I'm sure she died a bunch when I wasn't reading X-Men as well. Uh, I think there's at least three, if not four or five. Uh, Luke S681, uh, death was a shocker in the Ultimate Universe. Doc Ock and the Kingpin were big ones. Mm. Uh, I don't think either of those characters died in the Ultimate Universe. Did they? Or did they not? I mean, you know better than me. I don't think so. Um, But it certainly was a shocker when it happened. Unfortunately, like, when it did, for the most part, it's funny, actually, you can draw a lot of parallels, and this is probably not very favorable, between Heroes in Crisis and the Ultimatum event. Ooh, yes, you can. (laughs) Where it's like, hey, let's clean house arbitrarily with someone who clearly doesn't have reverence for the material. And... And we'll just kill them all, and in like really like inglorious ways. The only difference is, at least King gave like left them their dignity. Some of them. Some. Um, ultimatum. It's like no, let's catch them with their pants down. <laughs> let's eat them. Uh, yeah. Michael Patterson, Ultimate Spider-Man. I feel did the best death story. Definitely, I agree with you. Best death in comics. I think. It's ever. really, really, it's really, really good. And Mr. Roboto, how about a list of deaths that matter in comics? You can go to any comic book website and find one. We might. I think one we eventually. did. I think we did that episode. I think we did do an episode on death. Not the importance of death and doesn't matter, but I think we did like some of the best deaths. Yeah, I think you're right. I think definitely there is a there is an episode or two about that. So uh, 150 plus episodes in, it's hard to keep track. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, my que- So, anyway, my, my question was because I, I was reading an interview with Tom King about Heroes in Crisis, and he's like, all of the deaths are permanent. <laughs> Which is like a big fat joke. Sure, they and are, Tom. If he were like a longtime veteran, I'd say he was doing it with like a wink and a nod and a tongue firmly planted in cheek. But I don't know if he's like fucking with us or if he's like, no, 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 like treat them like they're permanent. Like, I don't care about what editorial says because number one, I'm untouchable. Number two, uh, I'm treating it like I'm going to kill these characters forever. Like, Poison Ivy's dead forever, as far mm. as I'm concerned. And. <laughs> If he is treating it that way, okay, fair enough. But at the same time, you can't escape that meta reading that I was talking about. You can't escape the fact that, like, you are... When you kill Wally West, you're killing the Flash off-panel in a world where the Flash, Barry Allen, died to fight the Anti-Monitor. Yes, and save everyone. Like... Deaths have happened to these characters or to their legacy characters for a long time. And you can't just pretend like you're the first one to kill them and and like and and want it to be permanent. No, doing that is the height of hubris. And it's not even like Tom King is guilty of that. I've seen other writers do oh, that. No, you're too. absolutely right. Tom King is not like the first person to ever say that. And also and won't like, be the last. Yeah, and he won't be the last. But it's also it's not his fault for saying that because I think he's trying in some way to get ahead of it, to be like, yo, like, please stop comparing my run to Identity Crisis. Please stop blaming plot devices in my stories on someone who doesn't really have anything to do with my book. Please stop comparing these characters to, like, runs that happened that I clearly didn't read. Like, just, just read the book as it is. And it's like, you don't know who you're dealing with here. You could make... Like a really killer episode of a show, and like yeah. find that hundreds of thousands of viewers found it all on its own merits and just enjoyed it for what it was. But you're in comics, baby, and mm. most of these people, 
most of these people because have a very long memory. Have a long memory, and like, and if they don't, at the very least, they read it because they all did the research. And if they didn't do the research, they at least ask somebody else who did the research because or, they or watch some know. of the great YouTube content put out by Comic Pop and Cape Troll. Why not? Right? I mean, there's all there's 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 any incentive to do so, uh, but like. You're, you're writing for a different kind of audience. This is not a crime novel. This is not a movie. This is not a TV show. This is a comic book, which mm-hmm. has like a long history and a bazillion fans who are all informed. And, and all not, different levels of obsessive, too. It's true. And, and I'm not saying you need to cater to those people, but you need to be aware that they exist and that, by and large, those are your people who are reading the book. Now, mm-hmm. if you're trying to get new readers, I get that you're... Uh, your superiors all desperately want them and have done everything but throw the kitchen sink at trying to achieve that. But uh, at the end of the day, the numbers are there that say the people who read the comics for the last, like, 40 years, the people who are reading comics today, and they, you know, you know, let the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, like, I don't know how the sales of Heroes in Christ are going, but, like, at the very least, be aware that, like, your audience is aware of what's happening. And is meta-reading. And regardless yeah. of how badly you want to change the industry, like, you know, you can't change the world. But you Sorry. can make a dent. But you can make a dent, Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched that again last night when you talked about, hey, man, how come there's no Blu-ray of this? I'm like, man, I got to go watch my standard death DVD. Yeah, that's all you can do. By the way, if you haven't already, go out and watch Death to Smoochie. You can probably get it for a dollar. Just find it streaming somewhere. It's an incredibly yeah. underrated movie, and it's hilarious in its own right. Oh, um, yes. Let's, let's let's give this the Elseworlds exchange bump. Let's see something happen. <laughs> death with to Smoochie on Blu-ray. Tweet at Danny DeVito. Tweet at Warner Brothers Entertainment. Tell them we want it. <laughs> what, what is with this strange bump in buys for this movie out of the blue? What what happened? Exactly. Uh, Luke S six and eight one says Mysterio killed Kingpin and Norman killed Doc Ock. Cool. MV five three five seven. It's cheap that they killed Poison Ivy to make Harley mad. Agreed. Yeah, there's so many better ways you could have gone about that. And worse still, it does not gel with her development as a character. But she's like, no, I'm not hung up on the man I loved anymore. You know, I'm not going to let that define me as a person. I'm my own activated woman. Oh, no, you killed the woman I love now. And now that's upsetting me. <laughs> I don't even really get her emotion. Like, I don't no. know what she's thinking. And I think because I she's crazy, don't you know? I don't have to write anything that makes sense because she's so crazy. <laughs> uh, crazy 88, apropos of that, says make <laughs> Wally West the new Black Flash. Why not? Mm. Right? Do something with him. There's, there's, there's a rumor shooting around, actually, that, again, none of the deaths in Heroes in Crisis actually matter. Wally is coming back. And that when he does come back, he's going to go to the much long rumored Azarello suicide squad book. And he's going to be leading that team. It's funny how like DC can't, it's almost like they can't help themselves, but always go dark. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine a flash on the suicide squad? They had the reverse flash there who was actually like Wally two's dad. And he didn't know, but then he did find out. But that made him mad because the Suicide Squad in the Adam Glass run were being jerks to him, even though they had no reason to be. And that's why Wally 2 is darker and grittier now on the Teen Titans team that locked people up in a secret jail. Yeah, yeah. Comics are weird. Comics are weird. They'll break your heart. But if you let them, that's the thing. Uh, Gabriel Torbo says, uh, here's a pitch. DC Marvel crossover where all the heroes had to fix the old death and return of Superman because Superman's the linchpin to why death is meaningless. And also that's the reason for Dr. Manhattan's motivation. And that's what it all comes back to, right? The death and return of Superman and how that broke death in comics forever. It really did. And it's funny because, like, I can't blame them for killing Superman. Oh, he's an American icon and a massive cash cow. Not back then. No, Uh, back then he wasn't. But, uh... But the motivation of like, hey, they greenlit this idea of killing Superman. How can we sit by and do nothing? Well, I say to you, John Hammond, that just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do something. Uh, The death of Superman was a sales juggernaut, though it didn't beat X-Men number one. And (laughs) uh, during a time when both those books came out around the same time. And it was also a cultural phenomenon stories, comics, uh, songs, and articles were written about the subject, and it it was funny because, like, at no point did anyone who was writing or working on that book or publishing those comics say to themselves, oh my god, what are we going to do now? 
because <laughs> Superman's dead. They're thinking how we're going to bring him back. Yeah. And so even then, they were like, oh, death is meaningless. Who cares? Um, at least it took a while for Clark to come back. It did. But and they, yeah, it. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, but they but they pulled a Wolverine where immediately four, four, four Superman showed up and occupied all four of those titles. But here's the thing. I, I don't want to put too much blame on the death of Superman because it did a lot of things right. Killing him with a big, stupid monster from space, <laughs> you know, whatever. You know, if you like wrestling or, <laughs> or, or Michael Bay movies, I get it. Um, and you know what? I bought it as a kid, and I thought it was totally dope. And I was actually really... Didn't we all? I appreciated that it wasn't like Lex Luthor making him dive into the sun, because back then I didn't have All-Star, All-Star Superman, and I would have been too stupid to understand what that meant anyway. But, like, uh, say what you will about how Superman died... But the way that they leveraged it and they created new characters and yep. catapulted new people's careers or old people's oh, yeah. like new careers. Steel, great characters. Superboy, Connor Kent, mm-hmm. some people's favorite version of Superman. Still. Um, Cyborg Superman, great use of the Hank Henshaw character and also. Amazing looking villain. Amazing looking villain and long history of great. Oh, yeah. Doomsday himself has actually managed to get some mileage out of him being a one-note character. Yep. Uh, and, of course, the death of Superman being, like, a, an icon within the universe and without of the universe is really cool. They constantly go back to that well and, you know, the symbol, the, the red Superman symbol dripping blood and the statue and him lying there broken and dead and the cape uh, on that little stick and everything there. That's classic imagery that we as comic fans all share and Completely. all instantly know. Yeah, and it actually, um, like, it's funny... Why didn't Metropolis build a statue until he died? Like, hey, <laughs> and every once in a while you'll, you'll see it in the foreground or in the background or in like a wide shot of some like big battle or some long talky park walking scene. And you're like, I remember when they built that statue. Like, <laughs> yeah. yep. But uh, the death of Superman as a as a thing, it destroyed death in comics in its own way. But even they leveraged it into something productive, because here's the thing. It's easy to break something, and it's really hard to create something. Yes. And you, if you're gonna break something, you gotta build with something. The intention of building something new, or building something fresh out of the thing you broke. Absolutely. Again, you talk about leveraging death in comics. I think the last time anyone really did a commentary on it that made sense and made it good was Jeff Johns in Blackest Night by saying, no, 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 there's a reason heroes keep coming back to life, and that's because, you know, Necron leaves the door open a little bit for them because this has all been part of some epic long con to take over the world with super zombies. You know what's funny? That is such a good idea. It's fucking brilliant. But it's also the last idea. It really is, isn't it? Because now if you defeat him... How death ex- should matter again. How do you explain death after that? Uh, you can't have it be like, oh, you can't kill death or something. I mean, like, you could, arguably, or, like, Necron can't truly. The The lesson of the end of death, uh, Blackest Night should be, like, death will catch up with us all. It's inevitable. You can't stop it. You can't, like, sometimes we can cheat it. You know, and Necron abused it. He didn't respect it, that kind of thing. <laughs> what the hell? But you could talk about how, like, death is permanent, but, like, Rec- like remembrance and reverence and blah 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 keep you alive and da, da, da. I don't know but like make it a meaningful thing about the commentary of death in comics but also death in real life I don't know but it, it's funny because it's such a great idea and again like how can you not do that especially when like the top selling book barely breaks 200,000 units unless yeah. it's like a stunt or a crazy like or Frank Miller's doing another Batman book or there's a sequel to Watchmen you know, like, oh, oh Which, Batman might be getting married, but then, ho oh, oh, I pulled the rug out from under you, and he's not really, but you all pulled it anyway. 400,000 units, suck it. Uh, <laughs> which really, like, Batman number 50, I think, sold like four to 500,000 copies. 400 very, very disappointed people. At the very least, 250,000 unhappy people. <laughs> very unhappy people. But, uh, yeah, um, really quick, I just want to jump into the Super Chats again. Emperors of Venetians says, tuned in 
and the view count was at 616. Coincidence? Mm, I think not. I think not. I love that. That's funny. YouTube knows what's up. Happy New Year to the Comic Pop crew, and I suppose Joel, winky face. Aww, oh, I suppose. We'll you. throw him a bone. Why not, Joel? Ah. Uh, love you all. That's very nice of you. Thank you, man. And uh, Bernadette Ewart's uh, back says, King would have been better if they just let him write Crisis with a C and a D-list char- and use D-list characters. Focus mm. on the story and not the will-they-stay-dead concept. I, I mean, he, he excels at the D-list characters, as I think we've seen, because they're characters with less baggage, which means he doesn't have to rely on a bunch of research. And it also means a lot of the more obsessive comic fans are like, well, shit, even I didn't know that. Right, right. I mean, really, which, all you needed to do was just, like, Google most obscure Titans members and then just go, like, hey, uh, Jeff, anybody any, – do you use any of these characters in the last ten years? Which actually they did, and that's the fucked up part. Yeah, we had a whole big thing to try and bring them all back and fix it after we broke it in the new 52. Ah, goddammit. Ah, uh, well, I'm going to kill him anyway. Ah, <laughs> uh, but you can't kill the cave boy. I sure can. I sure did. And then the artist will mess up and have the cave boy be at uh, Arsenal's funeral, even though he shouldn't be. No. And, of course, Tevia saying, Connor Kent Superboy died twice. No one cared, and I'm worried that Bendis may ruin my favorite character, Jonathan Kent Superboy, just to bring back Connor. Uh, it'll really depend on whether you like both of them being teenagers and one of them being directly related to Superman. Um, yeah. That's the case. You know, uh, what I suggest you do is go find all the people who don't like Damien and hang out with them, because, like, <laughs> they've already been there. and uh, Done that. And ask them about Tim Drake sometime. Uh, here's here's my question with the Superboy thing. Yeah. How on earth are we going to explain this? Because the disappearance and seeming deletion of Connor Kent Superboy from the canon was a huge sticking point of the Oz effect and of that big detective comic story where it's like, no, 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 no. It's not just that he disappeared. He was deleted. Right. I, Does Bendis know that? Has someone explained that to him? I would bet money that the answer to both those questions is no. The answer is shut up and don't think about it. That's right. The answer is, if I... Here's the thing about Bendis, about stunt writers, about people who do things that, like, are controversial or try to get away with something in comics. If I do something that, like, really sucks, but I really, really want to do, or I know is going to be unpopular, that's how I should put it. If I do something that I know is going to be unpopular... I'd better give equal proportion to something that a bunch of vocal fans are going to Really like. want it anyway. So if I bring back Connor, but undercut Oz effect, but give Tim Drake his old Robin costume, I won't even hear the negative criticism. <laughs> I'm balancing the karmatic scales. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're going to have to start picking their battles and being like, I, no one but Bendis could bring this back because of his clout. But if Bendis had just done the research, he could have had both. But he doesn't want to do that. So he's a busy man. He's writing five comics a day. I mean, like, you know, that's 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 the proliferation of, uh, you know, comics aren't a, a, a money making industry, you know. Like, no. Comics. And the people who do make money, again, as we said, are usually writing five things at once. Exactly. Or they're creating new characters that are then used in movies and TV shows that they can get then get a kickback for. You might notice some of these things uh, if you read comics long enough. Um, Joe D saying, glad you guys aren't taking the day off. Thank you very much, Joe. <laughs> the Elseworlds Exchange doesn't sleep. That's right, except when we did, like a week mm. or two ago. Oh, wait, yeah. no, we, we, we still didn't miss a week. We, 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 we banked an episode. That's right. And uh, Jacob Ma- uh, Monette's saying, uh, Montez saying, I want a story where they kill Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne and keep them dead and retire Superman and Batman for a few years, allow Damien and John to grow into the Batman and Superman roles. Well, you're never going to see that story. But you might see it in an Elseworlds book. Yes, that's a good Elseworlds pitch right there. Or like a future story. Like I know that there's going to be a Justice League story where like a bunch of characters from the future are going to attack the Justice League from today. Mm. They could come from an alternate dark future where that happened. Like, yeah, the uh, the Titans of Tomorrow future. You could do that. I mean, like you, you, there there will be a pl- you, there could be plenty of stories where that happens. There will never be an incontinuity story where that happens. Within the pages of a Batman book. You know what I mean? Because we just can't upset the status quo that much. Batman is the number one selling book that DC has. And probably always will be. Superman is not. And never is. So, like, Superman, you might see it happen. But, like, Batman, never. And it's just, like, that's just... In a world where, like, <laughs> you would have seen... Like, listen. One time, Batman got beaten by a roided-out luchador. 
and See. a crazy fundamentalist lunatic <laughs> in a silly fireman costume. With knife fingers. With knife fingers replaced Batman for like a year. Yep. Because Gen 13 sold 2 million copies with issue 2. So like... The closest thing we got in recent memory is, hey, Batman disappeared for a little bit, got amnesia, and Jim Gordon became robo-Batman. But even then, they were sure to show you right away, but he's not dead. And people were mad. And the yeah, sales were low. <laughs> so, you know. But uh, anyway. Oh, and uh, Stephen Father Fathery saying, uh, Bruce Wayne came back too soon. I like Dick as Batman. Listen, I did too. Alone. A lot of people love that. Was a, that was a great run. I loved him with Damien. I thought Dick and Damien actually made for a great uh, tag team. Hell, if you want uh, to do something new with Dick Grayson and not shoot him in the head and call him Rick, you could have just had two Batman books. That'd have been fun. One where Dick Grayson is Batman in Detective Comics, written by Tomasi or something. I mean, like, Ooh. that's a book. Hell, Heck. put Damien on that book, and now you have solo Bruce Wayne, but, like, action going on. I mean, like... We we haven't had a Batman and Robin book for a bit, so that and, would actually be nice. And it always sells, and that book is always in print. So yep. let that be the motivating factor for you. But I'm shocked about, we haven't had a Batman and Robin book for a while. No, but we're talking about death in comics here. We're talking right, about... Right, mainly, how do we fix death in comics? How do we fix death in comics? And so my question is with you, Joel, what's the, what's the solution? How do we make death mean something in comics again? I think we might be too far gone. The more we talk about it, I'm just like, no, it's unequivocally broken. Like, you could tell us tomorrow, like, no, new mandate. Death is permanent now. Anyone who dies, stay dead. And we'd laugh in your fucking face about it. And we'd be like, okay, I'll give this six months. Right. Until you start bringing someone back. We'd, we'd all be counting and we'd all be taking bets. All right, who's the first one to come back and when? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would like to see some data that said, because you know how, like, in every event someone dies nowadays? Yes, because uh, it's not it's not a big summer event unless there's one death or one return. Right. It would be funny if I would see some data on like, you know, exit polls. You know, like on uh, you. Oh, you bought uh, you bought War of Realms. Uh, did you know that so and so dies in it? Like, uh, like yeah, yeah, I read that. Would you have bought it if he didn't? Mm. It's like, uh, yeah, it's a huge Marvel event. I would have bought it. I want to know what's going on. Right. So like if. That's that's some very interesting. I like that a lot, actually. Right, because I think that death in comics is not a selling point. No, or if it is, it's a very kind of like hollow-hearted, like, all right, we need to up the numbers for this flagon book. Uh, I guess we'll kill someone, or we'll threaten we'll kill him. Yeah, I I don't think. Well, I do think that like, uh, it's funny actually. I was thinking about like older books, you know, like in the 80s when it was like the one one of these characters will die and it was like yeah they did for like a few seconds or they did and it didn't matter like who cares about them and they did they yeah. stay dead because it didn't matter or they were trying to create a new character but like i wonder how the sales were affected by like covers that said someone in this book will die well as people who work on the internet i think we know quite well the effects of clickbaity titles and alarmist titles and everything i think they do very well because human beings are just programmed that way unfortunately i know you and i try not to do it no, cuz we're not yeah. shameless <laughs> right no but you're right i mean like i i but i feel like even in the in in an event where like it's not about death don't kill them like don't kill some like just don't and i think that like a good way to show good favor is faith is by being meta about it is being like mm. so um we had an internal meeting we're just we decided death is permanent um at dc you know or marvel um and uh we're not going to kill characters for at least like or we're not going to kill people like it, it's hard to tell like how do you even like how do you even def uh, declare something like that we're not gonna kill them for at least two years it's true <laughs> now you're making it sound like a new year's resolution our new year's resolution I is to not I kill anybody kill any fan beloved characters for at least a year and a half you know like but i i think that it's at least worth trying because you've tried everything now let me and ask you this do heroes count or are villains accept uh, exempt from this can we like kill a villain i think here's the thing i think that if you killed magneto which they have, uh, 
that you can put that on a cover. It's got to be something you can put on the cover to sell to increase sales. You got to get that out of there. No. Yeah, like, the Doctor Doom, same deal. Like you can resurrect characters, but you can't kill them because, like, mm-hmm. again, creation. It's all about like building up. It's all about like saying like, hey, why don't we bring back this? Like, why don't we bring back Bobby Morse, the Mockingbird? You know what I mean? Like, and by the way, uh, we did nothing with her, uh, but you know what? No. Like. We can use her again. Hey, we put her on that shield show and, uh, you know, she had a book for a couple for like a for a little while. And, you know, we really set the Internet on fire with her for a little bit (laughs) for a little bit. Oh, man, you just reminded me. Yeah, she was on the show. She was so popular. They were going to give her and the other guy a spinoff. Then the spinoff wasn't picked up. So they just wrote them off the show for no reason. Two of the more popular characters. Exactly. Um, Oops. Well, no, they, they were written out of the show because they're getting their own show. Yes, that didn't get picked up. But then it got canceled. And then, like, she was like, well, I'm. I'm busy now. <laughs> I'm doing other things. Eh, yeah. Good for her. I liked her. Yeah, she was good. She was fun. No costume, but still. No. This isn't the days of Smallville anymore, everybody. You can put them in costumes. We like it. We they like do it with way. the DC, and it, wor- and it works to some effect. Yeah, s- some of the DC stuff looks really good. Hawk and Dove look dope. <laughs> yeah, why do Hawk and Dove look so good? Hawk and Dove have no right to look as good as they do. <laughs> I agree. Why do Hawk and Dove look so cool, but like... You can't make Green Arrow look like Green Arrow. <laughs> that that drives me insane. I pull my goddamn hair out over that all the time. Yeah. Uh, Banshee looks amazing on the Supergirl uh, show. She looks 100% how she's supposed to, but Red Tornado doesn't. Right. Why? Hey, we got a well actually in the Super Chat. I haven't seen a well actually since the comment section. Ooh, uh, do tell. If you haven't gotten a well actually before, uh, well actually is when someone wants to correct you, uh, but also sound like smarter than you. Uh, Gabriel Torbo says, well actually, with no Superman or Batman, I'm just gentle ripping by the way, Gabe. We're just, uh, but like, I, I hate the term well actually. We, we have fun here. We have fun here. Uh, but like, with no Superman or Batman movie incited, as actually more possible to retire the characters now than ever before, I say mm-hmm. the nay. The DC movies do not have nearly as much effect on the comics as they you really think. don't, and they certainly don't have as much effect on the culture as you think. We're um, only kind of seeing that like now, where they're kind of trying to play the Marvel multimedia game, where it's like, oh, we have an Aquaman movie coming out. Well, we need a new Aquaman. Ron Jurgens has been on it for too long. We need a fresh start with a new writer. Yeah, exactly. I get that. Like, I get like, okay, there's a movie, put out a book, but just because there is no movie. Doesn't mean that Batman is the most selling, the most the most popular, highest selling book that DC puts out. You can't change that. Like, no. it's all about numbers. It's all about it's all about making the Benjamins, and they're not going to do that. Like, they're just not going to do that. I'm sorry. Like, they'll they did it. Here's the thing: they did it with Super Heavy, like Joel said, and it sold pretty bad, and they made it go away really fast. In fact, if you watch our interview with Scott Snyder, he talks about how he's like. They gave me three months. Oh, you know they did. They told him, Scott Snyder, three months. The, the golden boy. And they were like, you may be able to get away with it for three months. And he begged them and, and just basically said, screw you, I'm going to do six. And, 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 and had the whole line not been in trouble, he probably would have been allowed to go on a little longer, too. Yeah. And some people really like that story. But it's a fun story. Not. It has some moments. I like here. Tell you what, I like the detective comics more because it was just a backdoor way to get Gotham Central back because it was just all about the cops solving crimes. Oh, I agree. Um, Emperor's Venetians uh, best death could be Rorschach. He's not coming back. The death means a lot. And it goes back to the highlight of different views of him. Matt Man- Manhattan and, and Night Owl. Blah, I don't know what happened to me there. Uh, but uh, here's the thing about Rorschach's death. Because it's about it. Okay. You are right. It happened in a comic. He was a superhero. Watchmen is a self-contained story that, regardless yeah. of what Jeff Johns wants you to believe, is not a, uh, is not a series. It's not, like, about a bunch of superheroes that, like, you can spin a universe out of. Before Watchmen proved you, you can't make a universe out of Watchmen. Uh, it's a story. That's so the beginning, and middle, and end. It would be like saying, like, death doesn't matter. They killed, like... I'm trying to think of, like, a literary... Like, Holden Clawfield. You know, like... Uh. But he's in the book. There is no sequel. I think there actually is a sequel to Cash in the Rye, but, like, I I don't remember if that's true. I have to look that up again. But, like, it's a book, and the character is just a cog within the story. So, like, what Mendez does in that book affects everything within it so that he can be that instrument within the story. 
the question about like what happens to him after that is irrelevant because the story is done. The story's over. Exactly. Except for when it's not. Except for when Jeff Johns does more. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I like, here's the thing that death in Watchmen is great. I like mm-hmm. it in both versions. I like it in the movie and in the comic. Same. Uh, but I think it's more like a literary death than it is about like, you know, a, a stunt like Ted Cord. Yeah. <laughs> like Maxwell Lord shooting Ted Cord in the face. That, like, and then you could argue too, Wonder Woman breaking his neck later on. Also, exactly. Jack O'Connell. Uh, they had Spider Geddon, and they didn't even kill off some of the crappy extra Spider people. I thought that's what they were gonna do. I'm like, no, we can't kill them now. They're all a money-making bank now for the Spider-Verse film franchise now. That's actually kind of funny because, like, you'd think with Spider-Geddon, like, oh, cool, we'll make Spider-Man more unique again by getting rid of all the superfluous stuff. But, <laughs> nah, like, dog. oh, no. <laughs> As it turns out, making him superfluous and redundant uh, makes us more money. Get get ready for the Spider-Man noir book, the Spider-Ham miniseries, and everything else that will no doubt be coming down the pipeline. Can you believe that Spider-Man noir is still out of print? I know, that's shocking. If there was ever a reason to get it back into print, it's now. How dumb. Very. Uh, Noel Har- Nolan Harp, uh, I really do think that in the next two decades we will see Batman retire and hand over the mantle to Dick, and Bruce Wayne will function in a man-in-the-chair type capacity. Nolan... I admire your optimism. That's very object. People want that. People have wanted that for a long time. And that's the thing. Uh, I've seen that for a long time. And I've seen that in letters pages longer than my time. Yep. People being like, when they created Nightwing, they were saying that. It's only a matter of time until. And... You know, they're more likely to kill Dick Grayson than they are to make Batman stop being Batman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, sad, sad but true. I don't blame you. And listen, like, you have a book. That's the other thing is that, like, you can't even, like, miss out on... You can't even feel like you're missing out on these stories because, like, you have Batman Beyond. Yeah. He is that. You have a you have a whole... Se- you have two series where he did that. And they're really... And one of them is really good. Uh, Jason Kokat, uh, well, actually, Salad Joel are always right, part. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I agree with you. <laughs> well, actually, put that on a shirt, please. <laughs> <laughs> we need to sell Will Actually shirts. That would be really good. H- have it in, like, really nice fonts. Yeah. By the way, the Will Actually thing, it's not a call out on our distinguished member of the, of the population. This is more, I remember growing up, uh, when I was in college, I didn't even hear the term. I never even knew people did that. I heard uh, a friend of mine, uh, who was a who was a bigger nerd than me. Uh, I remember like talking. He was talking to somebody, and he said, "Did you just well actually me?" <laughs> and I was like, "I've never even heard of this. What is this?" And he's like, "Oh, it's where like you say one opinion, and then someone says well actually by this by saying like even though I'm about to express an opinion, mine's more right than yours." Right, of course. Uh, did a did you see I think it's college humor had like a game show for a little bit that was called well actually and instead of buzzing in and doing the Jeopardy response you respond with a buzz and well actually <laughs> I like that a lot I'll have to watch that that's funny it, it's not it's not too bad they actually got some pretty decent guests on that uh, Michael French imagine how bonkers comics would be if DC or Marvel decided to Hawkman up several characters in a sense of they never truly stay dead craziness yeah where they were like I'm yeah, it's like it's 2298 and Batman's like I've been Batman since 1937. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what Morrison wanted to do by being like, "Nah, man, every era in his life are all chapters in this dude's life. They're all a year, man. The 60s stuff happened, the Silver Age stuff happened." Yeah. Thanks, Grant. Make my head hurt. What's funny about <laughs> that is everybody loves his run. Like Yes. So, if you have to err on the side of like, do I throw away all the continuity or use all of it? I'd say use it. I'm definitely a fan of use it. I know sometimes you can't use all of it, and sometimes a clean break and a fresh start is necessary. Yeah. But, you know, I, I like knowing that what I read before was important and mattered. Agreed. Nolan Harp. Also, I think White Knight was definitely testing the waters to kill Alfred in the main continuity. Mm. I disagree with you, but I think it's fascinating to have that theory. I like. I think that's an interesting concept, because like, White Knight sold like gangbusters, and it's like... Which it's is getting good. a sequel, and it's doing well, uh, and everybody really likes that universe. Yeah. I think it's more like, it's easy to kill Alfred. I would say if they were to kill any Bat family member, yeah, he'd be the one. Oh, yeah. Well, because thanks to these characters being around for 80 years, 
you've made him redundant. You have two Alf. You have two Robins that could replace him. Uh, uh what's his name? D- uh, Duke could replace him. Alfred's daughter could replace yeah, him. Whatever happened to her? She disappeared after a couple of turnovers. She sucks. I thought she was fun. <laughs> Get her out of here. Bruce is her. Is Bruce is Alfred's child? You give Alfred a daughter. It un. It, it mess everything up. Anyway, I, I thought she had an interesting POV as someone who did spy work and who lived outside Batman's bubble, only to come in and be like, "You guys are fucking crazy." Oh yeah, no, I mean like it's it's fun to see that comprehend like that. But you just have you have Batwoman for that. Mm, also that. But uh, anyway, uh, Swamp of uh, no uh, Derek M. Death of Mighty Thor was kind of cool. Yes. Yeah. But did he Which- die? Part, or when he says Mighty Thor, he's talking about Jane. Oh. But didn't she really not die? She was dead for like five whole minutes. They did that thing. She dies. She goes to the gates of Valhalla. And then they like do like lightning magic CPR to like get her back. Yeah. Um, but she still has cancer, though. So she's still technically dying. She's still going to die. Yeah, unless she just gets, not like, today. Unless she doesn't, which we expect. Uh, and Swamp of Fate, Bruce will never stop being Batman unless he's killed. And even then it won't stick. Now he'll be Batman in the afterlife. He'll become the Spectre. He'll come back to keep being Batman. Batman being the Spectre is a great pitch. How have they never done that? Shit. <laughs> Maybe because maybe they're like, well, Green Lantern was already the Spectre, though, and Christmas Allen was already the Spectre yeah. once. Yeah, Green Lantern being the Spectre, that was 20 years ago. Like we can, <laughs> we can move on. Yeah, it keeps getting referenced. I know. Well, because the people who write comics read those comics. This is true. Um... But yeah, so like I, I I don't disagree with you that like I think we are just about too far gone when it comes to like fixing the death in comics issue. I would be happy if they stopped like, OK, fine. Keep killing and resurrecting people at the rate you're doing, but please stop doing it to try and inflate sales for the short term. That's annoying me. Because it's making me think that you're insulting my intelligence as a reader that I think, oh, well, they're really going to be dead this time. I agree. I, and, and maybe they're not even trying to get you. They're trying to get, like, that new reader who doesn't know any better. That's true. Which, like, if they're in a comic book store, they're going to be met with someone who's going to tell them that it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's nothing they can do to mitigate the meta read. And that's why I think they need to get in front of it. They need to be like, we're going to stop. Like, no super deaths for, like, two years. And by that, you can kill supporting characters, you can kill, like, humans, you know what I mean? But, like, you can kill regular people, which actually, I think, makes it more sad. Because it does. Because less likelihood they'll come back. Yes. Um, yeah, when a supporting character dies, those are the only deaths that I think actually do matter anymore, because there's no, like, the, there's no, no assuredness. Inside track. There's no friend on the behind the gate. <laughs> Yeah, like if they uh, like okay, like perfect example, uh, Miss Marvel. I really love that book. Yeah. If they killed Bruno tomorrow, I'd be super fucking bummed because I'm like, oh, he's a supporting character. He ain't coming back. Right. Unless like or, they did a story where Miss Marvel's whole faith was shaken by her going to heaven. Right, <laughs> and, and like getting him or something, and like moves heaven and earth to like try and get him back. But then you enter like Aunt May territory there of like, no, don't make any deals with the devil. No, let it be. Damn it. Right. Yeah. Well, then it's like, what's better? Like, that thing, that egregious thing they did, or undoing the egregious thing they did. It's really, for me, about motivation. It's about, why did you do that? Like, why are you doing it? And that's funny, because you can't, as a company, say, like, don't worry. You could probably just find all the deaths that we did just to inflate sales. But now, we're, it's like the JCPenney thing. When JCPenney, uh, JCPenney's always been in the shitter, as far as, like, sales and uh, market value has been going. It's. I think JCPenney's stock is literally worth a penny now. <laughs> uh, but anyway, JCPenney, one of the CEOs came in, if had many, who said, why are we doing this bullshit with the coupons and the sales? Why don't we just sell the stock at what it costs? So, like, if it costs us, like, you know, $10 to make a pair of jeans, $5 to make a pair of jeans, and we normally sell them for $45, why don't we just sell them for $15? And so they did that. They were, and their ad campaign was like, it's just what it costs. <laughs> we're just going to treat you like adults. And 
it he was outed like he he was kicked right the hell out and sales of dropped in exponentially because people who shop at JC Penney don't believe that they're being told the truth Ooh. and so they're like how could it possibly be that when i always have a coupon for 45% off every other month and it's like Wait. they've they've been lied to so long they don't know the truth when it's in their faces that that relates way too much to me as a comic book reader. I don't believe like, the truth when it's in front I of me. I think we're there, but I but I want to believe, or at least give us the opportunity. I, it will probably cost someone their job, and it will cost sales. But like, try it. You'll you'll become that meme that's big on the internet. They hated him because he told the truth. Right. <laughs> I just feel like. What you could do of Marvel, like let's say Marvel does it, just just Akira, just Akira Yamoka, just just make Yoshida. up, yeah, Akira Yoshida, just make up a new character who is an editor at your at your, at your company. Akira Yoshida comes back, actually. The real Akira Yoshida is here, and he's got a great idea. We're gonna sell comics at cost, and we're not gonna have any more stunt deaths and sales tank, and then we fire him. Don't worry, he's gone now. We sent him back to Japan. Yeah. But uh, no, you know, it would be that bit in Simpsons. I like the way Snrub thinks. <laughs> I mean, like, is that any more terrible than any other lies we're fed every day from these companies? Not at all, and that's the sad thing. <laughs> but uh, I, I really do. I think I want to see it, but I'd love to see some, like, at least do a little bit of market research. Because I believe Please. they don't. Like, I really believe there is, like, no marketing team at these two companies. We, we really got to start our own independent, like, comic analytics company there, Sal. You and me, we got to get together for, like, two months over the summer and just do, like, we can film. We can do the hard-hitting research, go to stores. We can go to the Walmarts and find out about if those are selling and actually ask people. And then we can send it to the companies and be like, look, we did this for free. Right? I didn't do that. I should have done it. I, I didn't. I, I We suggested this idea a while ago where I was like, I should put a post post-it note underneath the third copy of like Teen Titans at the Walmart and see if it's still there in a month. Yeah, really. I gotta go do that. I'll, t I'll hopefully do it tomorrow. Um, but anyway, that's it. That's the show, everybody. Uh, let us know in the comments down below what death in comics matters to you the most. And uh, we'd love to continue the conversation from there. We want to thank everybody in the Super Chats, which I'm going to address right now. Uh, but before we go, uh, thank you all for watching this episode. And, of course, if you want to see more, there's a little bit of an extra show at the end uh, over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash comic pop. Catch a little 10-minute long show over there. Exclusive. You don't get it anywhere else. Um, too, too hot for YouTube. You don't know what you're missing. That's true. It's, it's not, but it's still It pretty really cool. isn't. Uh, the Terror of Death. Besides me, anyone else feel like Death and Rebirth of Captain America? Because in my opinion, it was a really good story. Agreed. Mm. That's the thing, too. You can do something to, like, drive sales. You can do something that is a stunt. But with the quality of writer on it, it can be really goddamn good. That last Death of Wolverine by Soul. He wrote a fuck of a story, didn't he? We didn't believe it. They did it really just because they were playing movie chess. But damn if it wasn't a good story. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I'm not saying it's a it's a intellectually or creatively bankrupt concept. No. But it certainly has. Can be. But it certainly can be. And for every death of Captain America, you got a thousand more. You got a Heroes in Crisis. Yep. Uh, Dr. Mad, I started reading comics in the period when Green Lantern, Flash, Captain America, and Batman all came back to life, so death in comics was never meant anything to me. Cool. That's it. That See, that's good data. That's something we need to put in our, you know, in our funded research for right. this one. So, like, so I guess if they put, like, this character will die on a cover, you wouldn't buy it for that reason. Uh, Chris Beck, unpopular opinion, but I like that Logan died and Laura took over. One of my favorite runs. Yeah. Uh, also, and Daredevil End of Days, my favorite back issues video. Well, thank you very much. Daredevil End of Days, separate continuity. You want to kill characters? Do it over there. Yeah. And if it works really well, do it again or say it you happened. You can kill whoever you want in the else world. It's true. Uh, I also liked when Laura took over. I thought she was cool. Uh, I wish she had. I wish the X Men was in a better place where she could have occupied Wolverine's role for real. It's true. Like, it's it's so true, and that's that's like a bigger problem with the X Men line as a whole. Yeah. Right. Tom Taylor wrote his ass off, but... He did, but uh, at the end of the day, it wasn't quite Wolverine because we didn't get all the Wolverine we could have gotten. It's true. There were so many places she should have been that she wasn't. Yeah. Bright Blue says, Flash Thompson's death felt so unnecessary. You are not wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guarantee, because they were like, oh, no, Flash Eddie's going to take over his Venom. Go ahead. 
Like, and you know what? Had that Venom movie tanked, maybe they would have brought him back. Yeah. So think about that, everyone, when Venom 2 comes out. Do you want to see Venom 2 or do you want to see Flash Thompson back in the comics? Right. And uh, Gabe's back in the chat. Uh, I worked at VH1 for a little bit. That's really cool. Hey, uh, I like that and place. My, my EP said that they threw shit at the wall, so no market research for you. Um, That's yeah, great. I'm not That's surprised. Everything I already believe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you for confirming what we all kind of assumed. Um, that no yeah. one knows anything and everyone just makes it up. Right? Yeah, a separate market research firm that just does this shit for you. The funny thing is, they would never listen to us. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm reminded of the story too. The the guy uh, uh, Prego, the guys who make uh, the pasta sauce. Yes, they yes, did. The, yeah, the, that famous story. They did something completely unheard of before. They actually hired a person who did it professionally to try and understand people's pasta sauce buying methods, only to realize there is no perfect pasta sauce. Only perfect pasta sauces variety. That's what you need. Hmm. Variety. Interesting. Or the coffee guy who found out that people actually lie consistently when polled about their buying habits, where it's like, okay, what do you like for coffee? Oh, I like a rich, dark roast, even though when they put coffee in front of them, they drank something weak and milky, so people lie all the time, too. Yeah. Yeah, well, so that's it, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, We will see you guys next time with another episode of the Elseworlds Exchange. Stay tuned for back issues later on tonight. Uh, it's going to be a Batman book. Uh, it's a book that we should have done for a long time. We're finally doing it. It's an Ed Brubaker Batman book. Check it out. Um, and, uh, yeah, and uh, I believe Tiffany's going to be streaming over on the Purple Channel. So if you didn't already, uh, go over to twitch.tv slash TV and check them out. I said it out loud. Don't let the algorithm catch me. Uh, but check it out.